I praise God for the people that told me about Jesus Christ and about who he is and what he had done for all of us, but particularly, I'm thankful that he did it for me. I'm thankful for Ray Bear, the pastor of my church when I was a kid, and for seeing through my misunderstanding of how I could be forgiven of my sins and the meaning of water baptism. Because my, brother, my older brother had just been baptized And I thought, that's what I need to do to make sure, to seal the deal, to finally be sure that I'm forgiven of my sins and I'm going to go to heaven. And so I told the pastor that, thinking that he was going to be pretty happy about hearing that. And he was. Scheduled a meeting with me, had me come see him, and explained to me that I had misunderstood what water baptism was. That I could be baptized a million times and still not have my sins forgiven. That my sins would only be forgiven if I put my trust in Jesus Christ. If I believed in Jesus. And I praise God for that day, for that man. Certainly for my parents and my grandparents and others who faithfully taught me in my classes uh, over the years. But I thank God for that man, Ray Bear, that day asking me after he explained it, Dean, is there any reason that you shouldn't receive Jesus as your Savior right now? And there wasn't. And I'll never forget the weight of my sin leaving my heart, leaving my soul, leaving my life. Not afraid any longer and never afraid since. And oh, I've had my doubts and, and all those kind of things, but never afraid like I was afraid before I put my trust in Jesus Christ. I am thankful for that man and for the men and women who did that for many of you. Has somebody come to your mind already? As I talk about Ray Bear, you don't know Ray Bear. You'll meet him someday. Praise God, we're going to have time. You might think, wait a minute, I'm not going to be meeting Ray. Yeah, you're going to have time. You'll meet him. I promise you're going to meet him. But has somebody come to your mind or a number of people come to your mind that the Lord used to help you see your need for a Savior so that you could sing a song like we just sang of who Jesus is? You know, you could ask people all around our country, all around our our society today, all around the world, who Jesus is, and they tell you all kinds of things. But we get to tell him what we just sang. We get to tell him who he really is. And that's who he is to us Because he has saved us, those of us who have put our trust in him. And I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. As we continue to go through this short letter um, that God wrote. That's right. We believe that God wrote this through the Holy Spirit. Remember as as we baptized Ryan and Jacob this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's a statement that we believe as Jesus instructed us to. We believe that God is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And through his Holy Spirit, he inspired the Apostle Paul, one of Jesus' specially chosen men, sent ones, which is what apostle means, to go into the world 
and make disciples of all men, like we, of all nations, like we read from the scripture this morning. And the Apostle Paul then wrote letters to some of those churches that he planted. This is one of those letters. And the Holy Spirit inspired him to say these things. And so we take time every week and many of us every day to get into the word of God, to look into these letters, to look into these prophecies, to look into these, these histories and to see what God has done and what God is doing now and how he wants to encourage us, instruct us, and use us in the world today. Chapter 3, verse 1 of Second Thessalonians, as he comes to the close of his letter, he says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray, for, uh, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. That last statement, we'll get to that later, not this morning. That last statement is just a reminder. We're in this for the long haul. We need his perseverance. This is not a sprint. As I was sharing with, with Ryan and Jacob this morning, as I wore my, you know, what many of you refer to as my baptism shirt, um, the five guys that flew in this little plane out into the jungle in Ecuador they didn't know when they were baptized that they were going to die that way because once they landed, the, the, the tribesmen that they went to reach killed them immediately. They didn't know that when they were baptized. They didn't know that when they were making out the plans for their lives. They didn't know it was going to end like that. They needed perseverance, and their families needed perseverance. And God gave them that perseverance, even as he did for the Thessalonians, as he will for us. But we'll get to that later. Verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Pray for us. The Apostle Paul is asking the regular old Joes of Thessalonica, people like us, he's asking just regular people, regular believers in Jesus, he, the Apostle Paul, the sent one from Jesus himself, inspired and filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the very words of God, he's saying, pray for me. And my companions, that's the us, he, he, he wasn't alone, Pray for me. You know what he knew about himself? He was a man just like we are. He wasn't just like us. He was one of the specially chosen apostles, but he's still a man. Flesh and blood, just like us. Ups and downs, good days and bad days. Easy days, fun days. Hard days, prison days. I mean, the experience in Thessalonica wasn't one of his finest ones because the persecution grew so quickly 
and rapidly there that he was that he had to be you know taken out of out of Thessalonica at night before the Jewish people that were in opposition to the gospel got a hold of him. It was rough. He experienced a lot of those kind of things. He knew about himself that he needed God's help. And the best way to receive God's help is to pray, and not only to pray ourselves, but to have others pray for us. This is a reminder that there is power in prayer. We need to pray for each other, and we need to pray for others who are on the front lines in some of the very most difficult places in the world. We need to be praying for them, even as the Apostle Paul asked the Thessalonians to pray for him as he continued in the front lines in various places. We need to be praying for people. We need to be praying for each other. As we do this work that God has given us, yes, he gave the work to the apostles to spread the gospel. He's given that work to all of us. It didn't end with them. Oh, it ended with them in a respect in that we have their work recorded for us in the scripture. In that sense, their work ended, but in the sense of doing the work of the Great Commission, going into all the world and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That's a big word, everything. That's what we we have to keep going. We have to keep doing this. It's not just a five-week course. It's not just a six-month seminar. It's a lifetime of learning everything that he commanded us. And that's what we do. And we continue to do it. And people have continued to do it um, in the tradition of the apostles constantly, without stopping all these 2,000 years. And as a result, here we are today. In Alpharetta, Milton, Cumming, Canton, Johns Creek, Sugar Hill, Dawsonville. Here we are. Amazing. It's amazing. The Thessalonians must have prayed. Because Paul's work continued to be fruitful. And how would his work be fruitful? Well, look what he said. Pray that the message of the Lord, or the word of God, literally, would spread rapidly literally would run. That the word of God would run, would would just cover everywhere. That was his desire then. That's our desire now. We need to be praying that for the Lewises, that family that we supported during our vacation Bible school offerings. You remember back, remember all the way back to vacation Bible school? Seems like a long time. Well, that was just a few, a few weeks ago. The kids raised money, and we, and we support the Lewises regularly you know, through, our, through our giving. We need to pray for them. You, know, you remember where they're working? They're working among the First Nations in northern Canada. Some of you are saying, First Nations, I don't even know what you're talking about. Native North Americans on unbelievably terrible reservations, so to speak, up in far north Canada. We need to pray for them. Like the Apostle Paul was asking for, we need to pray that the, the word of God would run through, those, develop, through those, those communities. 
And remember the strategy that they're using? Some of you remember this. They're using the strategy of reaching the high schoolers that have to come in to the main town where they live. They're gonna, their, their plan and their strategy is to reach those high schoolers who will then take the gospel back to their communities because they can't personally get there in many cases. But the high schoolers have to come to high school in that town. And so they're starting programs for those teens where they can reach them with the gospel. We need to pray that the word of God would run through those teens and that many of them would come to Christ and they'll take that gospel, that good news, back up into those communities that can't be reached in any other way. God's doing this kind of stuff. He was doing it through the Apostle Paul. He's still doing it today. We need, to, we need to be those who pray. We need to pray for each other. A lot of you use our, our weekly prayer list to pray for each other. A lot of you use it at prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And, and some of you aren't aware. We pray for everybody who's a regular here at Midway Community Church every week at least. And some of you probably get prayed for every day by somebody here at Midway. And one of the things that we have on that list are some of the people that you know that don't know Christ, that you're praying for, that through your witness or the witness of somebody else, that they'll come to to faith in Christ. We pray because we know from the Apostle Paul in this passage that we need help in reaching people with the gospel. We need the Lord to open their hearts. We need the Lord to open their eyes. We need the Lord to open their minds. You've talked to some people before about Christ. And their minds were so closed, their hearts were so hard, they didn't even listen to anything that you had to say. And then there are other times you're sharing, you're sharing your faith with someone, and they say, how can I be saved? What can I do to be forgiven? Because they're ready, because the Lord's already been at work in their lives. That's what we want to do. We want to continue to pray for people, just like Paul asked the Thessalonians to pray for him and his companions as they went to other places. He didn't name the places. He says, pray that the word of God would run. Pray that it would spread rapidly. People need the Lord. They needed him then. They need him now. We can be a part of that through our own witness, but also through prayer. Asking God to do what he does because he's the one who brings salvation. He's the one that opens hearts. He's the one that that convinces us of our sins. He does all that. He uses us as mouthpieces. He uses us to communicate that message, but he's the one that's working in the hearts. He's the one that's working in the minds. And so we pray that when we share that word, when we express our faith in Jesus Christ, even as Ryan and Jacob and their family prayed this week, as I've been praying, that through their baptism, other people would realize they need a Savior. What a picture of Jesus Dying and being buried and bearing with him all of our sins. That's amazing. Yet there are some people that still don't even know that they're sinners. Don't even think that they're sinners because they haven't killed anybody. That's the standard. If you haven't killed anybody, you're probably okay with God. What they don't know is the Apostle Paul killed somebody. And he was still okay with God. Not because killing's okay, but because he was forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. Even of what we consider one of the most heinous crimes of all. The killing of an innocent person, or in his case, probably many. He was forgiven 
through his faith in Jesus Christ. He could never make that up. He could never make up for those lives that he took. But he used his life. He spent his life following in obedience the call that God had given him as an apostle, telling others about Jesus, knowing that the only way that they were going to receive him is if their hearts and minds were prepared. And so he asked the Thessalonians to pray. And so we ask that we would pray for each other and for those that we support mission-wise, those that we hear about, that, that they would be faithful to share it, but that God would be at work preparing hearts so that the word of God would run and have an impact. And he also said this, not only that it would spread rapidly, but that it would be honored. The word of God would be honored. The, the, the literal word is glorified. That's a high word when we speak of the word of God. But you know, people need to have their hearts changed before they respect this word. So we, all of us probably know somebody who just think this is a book of fairy tales and fables. Stories, moral stories, you know, that, like Aesop's fables, where, where you can learn a lot from it. But word of God, are you kidding me? Their hearts need to, be, need to be ready to receive the message, the, the message that comes from the Word of God. They need, to, they need to respect and honor this Word. And God is the one who does that in them. Richard Howe, our, our resident church member, apologist, philosopher, is conducting a conference this week, an apologetics conference in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Even now, as, as we're meeting, he's having a, probably a session Uh, in that particular church. And he's trying to help them understand how to communicate with others who don't believe in God yet and don't, don't trust the Word of God, how to help them honor the Word of God. Because it's an honorable book. It's worthy to be glorified because it's God's Word. It's trustworthy. Everything that it says is true. And you'll hear as you watch documentaries and different things, you'll hear different professors and, and they always pick ones with great accents to give them a little extra oomph. Um, t- telling you, oh no, this didn't really happen. This is just a, a story you know, to help you start leaning toward this, this belief. And, and this was something that these men wrote at this time, trying to get the church to do this you know, because they're having this trouble. No, this is God's word. And there are places when we think, wait a minute, it doesn't seem like... These two verses or these two passages jive with each other. Don't let that stop you when, it, when it, on first appearance, it looks like there's a passage that contradicts another. Every one of those contradictions, and, and I'll invite you to come to question and answer our class that, we, that meets at 5 o'clock in the afternoons. If you come across some of those and they're bothering you, come by and we'll talk about those particular things because there, none of those that are called contradictions, none of those things um, don't have some very great explanations to help us understand what was going on that that while it can appear to have contradictions, in fact, it doesn't. This Bible is trustworthy from cover to cover. Old and New Testaments. It's trustworthy and should be honored. And once it is honored, then also people are coming to faith in Christ because that's the message of this honorable book. That's what the Apostle Paul 
was doing in Thessalonica to begin with. And you know, when he went to Thessalonica, there were, there were a group of, many of them Jewish um, people, but also some Gentiles. There were a group of them that very quickly honored the word of God. And they heard from the Apostle Paul how the Old Testament, because that was the word of God they had, that was the word of God that he presented as he was preaching the gospel in the synagogue there, they had the Old Testament, they, and many of them believed the Old Testament, and he showed from that Old Testament how Jesus Christ would come as he did and live the life that he lived and die the death that he died and be raised again victorious over death. He showed them from the Old Testament those things. And many of them honored, glorified the word of God and believed the Lord Jesus Christ, and that church was planted. And that church survived, even though the Apostle Paul had to be hurried out of town because of persecution. They endured that persecution and continued on largely because they honored and revered and glorified the Word of God. Now, you've heard me say that before, those of you that have been around a while. And I was so encouraged in the Olympics, going back to that, mentioned that last week. I can't remember his first name now. Can anybody help me with the, the swimmer's name? His last name is Fink. What was his first name? Are you kidding me? I'm the only one who knows about this guy. He's the one. He's the one who, who was like in fifth place in the 800-meter freestyle. What is it? Robbie? Robert, thank you. Robert Fink, thank you. He, he was in like fifth place when they, when they did the last flip. For, for, before taking the last, la, the last um, dis, um, what do you call it, just the, la, it wasn't a lap because it wasn't both ways, just the final length, there you go, the length, the final length, thank you. He was like in fifth place, 50 meters to go, or 100, I can't remember, 50, 50 meters to go, the details aren't that important, okay, this guy just, it was amazing to watch. And at the end, when the race was over, and he said the same thing after he won the 1500 also, not, not in as dramatic a fashion. They said, How did, where did you find that, that speed? I mean, what happened? He said, all I could hear was my coach, my coach is yelling at me, find another gear, find another gear. He heard his coaches yelling at him. Find, he said, I found it. And I thought, I hope the people of Midway hear, not my voice, but the voice of the Lord saying, keep going, keep reading this, keep discovering, keep examining, keep honoring, keep glorifying this word. Don't stop. The Thessalonians honored it. They, they received it. They believed it and they studied it. They made it, even through persecution, even after, after the Apostle Paul and his companions had to leave. They made it because they honored this word. And his prayer was that as he continued to preach that word in other places, again, we'll use the Lewis as an example. Pray that those high school students that they're reaching out to will come to whatever activity it is they put together, will come, and that they will be open to hearing 
about the word of God and that they will honor it, that they will, that they will understand it in, in, a, in a miraculous way of how it can be trusted and how reliable it is and that they can base their entire future on that word. Because that's what we're doing. We're basing our entire future. And I'm not just talking about this temporary, this, this short-term future of until we die. I'm talking about our future all the way. We're basing all of it on our respect and honor of this word. Believing that it's true. Believing that it correctly and accurately communicates to us the very words of God. That Jesus Christ alone, his only son, that he alone is the one who can forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life. That the Holy Spirit alone is the one who comes to live in us and gives us the power to overcome all the difficulties and all the temptations that we face. That we can live this life for the glory of God and then spend eternity with him enjoying his glory forever. That's what this is about. And we're banking everything on it. The Apostle Paul said once, if this isn't true, we're to be pitied more than everybody because we believe a lie. But obviously he didn't believe it. He didn't believe that it was a lie. He was convinced. That meeting that he had with the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus convinced him that he was persecuting the wrong group of people. That he was fighting against the wrong Savior. He believed it with his whole heart, and as he wrote these words, he knew it, and he was spending his life sharing it with other people, asking the Thessalonians to pray for him that others would honor it. Can we do that? Every day. Every day. You can use the, the board out there for the, to, to, to pray for our missionaries like this. They, they love the support that we send them. It really helps them. But more than that, they would just love if we prayed for them daily like this. If you just take one of them every day and pray for them, this, this prayer, this very simple prayer, that the word of God would be honored and, and that it would spread rapidly in their ministry, pray that for them. Pray that for us. Not me, us. Because we have opportunities. There are people around us every day who do not know about Jesus, at least not the Jesus that we know, the Jesus that's presented in this book. They know about a fictional Jesus that's, that's got a, an unbelievable reputation you know, throughout our country, of being this great teacher, but they don't know anything about what he taught. And, and nor do they care. But when we have an opportunity to share who he is and what he did, we need the Lord to be at work. And so can we pray for each other? If you know some people that you want us to be praying specifically for, let us know. Send us an email or call, call Karen or Laura in the office and let them know and we'll put it on the prayer list. If you, and if, and you know, just their first name, if you want it like that, or just their last name or their nickname or whatever, it doesn't matter. The Lord knows who it is, and we'll be praying for you as you try to reach them for Christ. And we know that it isn't just us reaching someone for Christ. It's a, it's a great 
team of people that reach people for Christ. Ray Bear wasn't the only person who reached me for Christ. He was the one that was there the day that I prayed to receive Christ. But he had a whole team of teachers that were teaching me. He had my family, my mom and dad, my brother, my grandparents. It's a whole team of people that work together. You never know who's going to be there when the person finally puts their trust in Christ. Nor do we care. It doesn't matter. What matters is they come to faith in Christ. And that's because it's his work. And that's why we pray. Prayer matters. Oh, we don't always get everything that we want just exactly the way that we want it. But prayer matters. There's power in prayer. The Apostle Paul knew that. That's why he wanted the people to pray for him. Let's bow together and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning for Chris and Shannon Blosser being faithful to share your word with their sons. And we thank you for the churches that they've been a part of that taught them also the things that their parents were teaching them. And we thank you that we got to be here this morning to watch their display of their faith in Jesus. To watch their almost pictorial testimony of their death to sin and their identification with the death of Jesus and his resurrection and the hope that he gives for eternal life and power in this life. Father, we thank you for opening their hearts to receive that word from their parents and their teachers and their pastors and their friends. And Father, we ask that same thing for others of us who are sharing our faith with others, that you would go before us, that your word would, would run through their hearts and through their lives and through this community and through the worldwide community as we also pray the same thing for our missionaries. And Father, we pray that you would help them to honor your word and see in it your truth, that they're sinful in need of a Savior, and that Jesus is the only one. Father, there may be some uh, here this morning or, or watching online who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus, haven't yet believed that he is the only way to be saved, that he is sufficient to forgive them of their sins, and that he will do what he said and give them eternal life, that he will baptize them with the Holy Spirit to give them power to live life for you. Help them to do that today, to put their trust in Jesus. To say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. Letting go of everything else that they've been hanging on to, trying to earn their way into your favor, into your heaven. Giving all that up and putting their complete trust in Jesus alone. And Father, for those of us that have done that, we give you thanks, we give you praise. We thank you for all those people that you used to bring us to that place. And now, Father, you're using us. Make us fruitful as prayer warriors for each other and for those who are out in the very hard-to-reach places that your word would spread and that your word would be honored. In Jesus' name, amen.